And welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. Um, before I tell you about what's on this episode, just a quick word on last week's and an interview with Ryan Fox. He's a New Zealand player who uh, had a really successful 2017 season. He made a lot of money in the middle of the year uh, last year and did really well. He is the son of the great Grant Fox and we talked about all of that sort of stuff. So I won't tell you any more other than to say, please do go and listen to that one if you haven't already done so. Uh, in this episode, we hear from James Heath. Now, James, I have to confess a, a slight connection, I guess, to James Heath in that his brother and his best friend both play golf on a t- golf tour that I play in. Um, they uh, regularly give us updates as to how James is getting on. So I've had a more than a passing interest, I guess, in James's career over the last few years. Uh, and I think I actually interviewed James at the beginning of my own career at Golf Monthly. He just turned professional, having had a really, really strong amateur career. He was something of a Nick Faldo protege being part of the Faldo Junior Series. He was a really highly ranked amateur golfer. He turned professional and uh, steady progress, saw him make it onto the European Tour. He then had a couple of really difficult years, um, struggled for a, a bit and is now back competing again on the European Tour, having just earned his European Tour card at the end of the 2017 season. Uh, I caught up with James at his home in uh, Surbiton at the end of last year. It was absolutely freezing and James had just got back from his first event on the European Tour in Joburg, I think, and was looking forward to a few sort of a uh, few weeks off, well-earned break from the uh, the competitive strains of golf at the top level. Uh, and we sat down and chatted about all things to do with his career. And it's a really fascinating insight. It's a, you know, he gives a very candid interview about what it's like to try and compete at the top level. Um, being, you know, having periods where he was very successful and periods where he wasn't very successful. Some of the the challenges that you face um, in that position. It is a it is a really interested and candid interview um, with James, and I think anyone with a, even a passing interest in golf will find it really fascinating indeed. Uh, so, without further ado, I'll pass on to the interview. Enjoy. Uh, well, thank you, James. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. <laughs> um, I want to. Uh, well, firstly, let's just touch on where you've been. So you just got back from South Africa. Uh, just got back from South Africa. Yeah, early uh, bath in South Africa. Early bath. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. What happened? Um, the list goes on, but um, yeah, summer it summer up. I guess it was just a. I call it going through the motions week. You know, uh, been there probably twenty times over my career. Really? Yeah. And you like you you know your head should be. Yeah, of course you should go down there and do all this. And I just wasn't really feeling it. You know, just. After a long year, came back, wife pregnant, hadn't seen my son for a while, just wanted just a bit of home time. And uh, anyways, that's, I kind of got my head around that, went down there and just played poorly. Right. You know, just, it's such a, um, if the mental aspect, you know, uh, it's important, right? If you're not kind of there, uh, wanting to be there and really into it, then um, it's just, it's, it's hard, everybody. You know, it's just it just makes the game much harder. So um, 
yeah, put a weak line under it and move on, basically. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get on to talking about the, the starts that you get through Q-School. But yeah. I wanted to just say, I guess, yeah, congratulations are in order, you know, getting your card through Q-School. Thank you very much um, indeed, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. So, I was looking at it, tied 18th, three, birdie, three, you know, three birdies to finish with. Uh, actually, that's incorrect. Is that incorrect? I started on 10. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> but I did finish with the birdie. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, and it was, and I was kind of holding on, and it was, I was kind of holding on, and playing great stuff. Then holding on a little bit during my back nine, which is the front nine. Um, made a couple of really good up and downs, like two putt from 60 feet on, on my 17th hole, you know. Yeah. It was just, oh, I ran this part there and it, it went to like 10 inches. And I was like, oh, didn't want to leave myself a five footer. And yeah, um, yeah. no scoreboards on that front nine because they were obviously all positioned on the back nine. But because right. I was... Because there were so many guys up there and it was so bunched, it was like a U-draw start. So um, I was off the back nine, but first. So, but anyway, long story short, uh, the front nine didn't have scoreboards, but I had an idea what was going on. Then I kind of knew I needed a birdie. Um, I didn't really know what it was going to come from because my, I won't say my game had left me, but I was just a bit like, I was just getting it in. Right. Do you know what I mean? You know, right. it kind of comes up, when you're in, for me, anyway, under pressure, there's two ones. You're either in the zone and you're just playing unbelievable golf and you're winning by 10, or you're just hanging on. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I was just a bit like hanging on a little bit. Um, and I was like, God, where's this birdie coming from? I'm not really hitting it close anymore. Um, and then on that last hole, I was just, just uh, pumped a driver down there. Um, what is the night that Lumen I'm trying to it's think? It's like, um, it's a pretty nondescript kind of tee shot because you've got, you can see the fairway, but you've got loads of room left, loads of room right. But there is a bunker that you can't, you don't go in because it's kind of fifty-fifty whether or not you're going to get the green. But um, just aimed down the left-hand side of the fairway, trying to draw it in my head because I can't draw it at all at the moment. So I'm like aiming left, trying to draw it, and then hitting a like a bullet fade. Um, hit a great tee shot, and I was like pumped, and I was running down the fairway. You know, I felt like I was walking. And Mike said after, my brother. Uh, God, going so fast though. So he was walking quite slowly. It felt like my felt like the guy I was playing with was like playing in slow motion. Really? Uh, yeah. He was throwing out grass for the wind. Hardly any wind. I was like, just get the hit the bloody thing. <laughs> um, so I had a second shot at ninety two yards, uh, off quite a bearish lie. And Are I, you thinking at this point that you need to make birdies? I'm just thinking, really make contact with this golf ball, <laughs> uh, basically. And, honesty, um, I'm thinking about just knifing this into the ocean, which is about a mile through the green. Uh, so I backed off my first time and then just hit it. And um, yeah, it was a really nice number. It was like 93. And it was just a really comfortable 60 degree. And I just hit it. And as soon as I hit it, I just kind of looked at my brother. I didn't even look at and I didn't even look at where it was. And he was looking that I was like looking back at him and he was looking that towards the flag. And I knew it was close. Okay, but I'm pumped up at this point and um, just start walking down this. One of those ones, fortunately, where it looks close and it's getting closer. Right, as you get there. Which I'm very away. which I'm very pleased about. And so uh, yeah, had like probably just under two feet the birdie. Knew I needed to hold it. Again, this guy, bless him, three putted. It was like taking ages. And was he on the sort of mark as well? Do you think we all said some score? If he had a two putted, he would have got his card. Um, so, but I think he thought he needed to hole it because right. he did this thirty foot long, and he was taking a, taking a while. 
uh, around here and I'm thinking, God, just hurry up. I just want to putt this putt. Do you know what I mean? There's two feet. just want to get it done. And got over it and just, yeah, you know, you go on autopilot in a way. Yeah. Um, I just had to end. But, I mean, I couldn't feel any, any sort of, I couldn't feel my body or my hands or anything like that. How so, do you, I mean, I mean, how do you even play golf in like Well, that? you just do, you know, you just... I'm actually looking for some advice. <laughs> yeah, but I think that it just, it happens to everybody. And I'm, I'm aware that it happens to everybody, and so you are able to play. I think it's the people that are like, what's going on? Why are my hands shaking? It's like, yeah. well, your hands are shaking. Like, get on with it. Right. Your hands are shaking. What should I do? So, and I've had that, and I've under, I understand that. You know what I mean? I don't think many, well, not, no, I know a lot of people do, but some people, they don't necessarily understand the fact that you can be very nervous and still... Um, Play good, golf, play good golf, you know, and I think that's really important. It's that sort of, so, I guess, stopping yourself from freaking out by the yeah, fact that you're feeling nervous. Exactly, that's the thing. Rather yeah. than, yeah, why, you know, no one else is feeling like this. It's just me, and it's like, well, no, it's not just you. Everybody does it. Just get on with it. You yeah. Know? Um, so, and I've been in that situation many a time uh, for various reasons. Even if it's just to make the cut in a challenge door event, you know, you're still doing this cut and you're still nervous. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And so. You just crack on. So, um, and I did, and hold it. Yeah. I, so I have this sort of my feeling about Q School is that it's it's made out by a lot of people like me, the people who work in the golf media, yeah. to be this kind of be all and end all thing. Yeah, if you make it, it's yeah. part of the glory. If you don't, it's kind yeah. of yeah. But it's but actually, it's not really that. It's like if you make it, the the pathway isn't quite as clear as no, you hope it to be. No. If you don't make it. It's not all's not lost. That's exactly right. There's different categories you can get. So let's just say. You know, where I finished, let's take last year on the Order of Merit, finished 17th, okay, on the challenge tour. Yeah. So if I'd have gone to Q school and finished where I finished now, then I would have only have been about 16 spots ahead of where I finished uh, on the challenge tour of Merit. You know, there is Gerard category. So you're right, it's not quite so black and white as like, you know, if you get your card, uh, you could, you've got a place to play and earn some money next year. And if you don't, that's it. You know, there are other routes. So, for, for instance, the guys who didn't make their card but made the cut at Q School, they could have gone down and played Joburg. Yeah. Uh, they could probably play maybe seven or eight events next year, let's say. So, um, it's not quite so black and white. Yeah. 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 But, but, um, but it doesn't stop you feeling dead. No, it doesn't. It, definitely, it definitely doesn't because you still... You still have a European tour card. Yeah. You know, that's, that is something that's nice. Knowing that you are, let's say you're in yeah. control of your own destiny. You, you know, you are going to be able to play 18 tournaments, uh, 18 big golf tournaments in the next year. So that's nice. You know, no one can take that away from you. So that is, hence the, why I can shake my, uh, feel my hands as well. So it obviously does mean yeah, something. Yeah, it does mean something. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously you, you're a veteran of a few Q yeah. schools. What, what are the stories that you remember over the years? Is there anything that sort of springs to mind? When you think about Q School, is there anything that's happened in the past that you just think, oh, that's... No, there was a... Well, there was a chap... I can't remember his name. It was only a few years ago, but I know that he was leading Q School, and I think he ended up losing his car, but shot a big number last round. But that's just a horrible story, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so that's yeah, not yeah. really that funny or anything like that. But uh, do, you, do you see people sort of moping around at the end of it? And um, people celebrating? Is that sort of... I think there are people celebrating. Yeah, I mean, I, we we were celebrating. We, you know, my dad and my brother there, and it was nice. It, that was nice. So you do see that, and you do see. I think the people that've been around for a while actually aren't necessarily so up and down, just because they realise that it's not so black and white like we were chatting about earlier, yeah. and that you can actually um, 
do some damage from not having a dual card, let's say. Um, so, um, yeah, more veteran-wise, probably less so into less mopey. Maybe yeah. that some new new young amateur that's come out. I think I get it. He would probably be a bit more like in the dumps. Does that make sense? Feeling a bit. Yeah. Feeling a yeah. bit um, So, just moving back. So. Can you just tell us a bit about how you first got into golf? I know that your brother playing. Wow, this is going back a yeah. really long time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I got into golf through my dad and my brother. My brother's very good. Um, he used to play about one. Now I could probably struggle to break 100, bless him. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> you can. Sorry, Mike, if you listen to Yeah, sorry, yeah. But still has the potential when we do go out there. He'll be... He'll go. We'll play Stableford, and he'll have like four points going out, and then come back in twenty-one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was very heavily influenced by Mike and Dad. Um, got into golf probably when I was about six or seven, and then joined Coomer Golf Club when I was ten. Right. Um, yeah. As I'm sure is so typical of many pros, misspent youth at the golf club. You know, uh, cheap childcare is what my mum and dad used to call it. They just dropped me up at the golf club, and just just hooked. You know, simple as that. Just yeah. Hooked and had never wanted to do well in that time. Wanted to do anything else, you know what I mean? That was just that was my pathway. There was nothing else that was going to do it. So did my school pass my exams, but when I was sixteen, it was like I hadn't really decided discuss what I was going to do. You know, just did my GCSEs. I was like, am I going back to your car, uh, my school, or not? And um, um, just cracked on with golf. So I worked during the winter and, and played golf during the summer, really. So. What, what were you off at that point? I want to say I was about when I won the McGregor Trophy, which was the under 16. I remember being, I think I was one then, or maybe even scratch at 16. 15 or 16, yeah. maybe plus one at 16. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you I mean, feel like golf came easy to you? Like, I know that sounds like a flippant thing to say, yeah. but getting off down to plus one by the age of 16. I don't know. I, I guess I was just very fortunate. So many, or a very good person around me, Phil Wright, was the pro up at um, Coomwood. Um, he's just, you know, he taught me the game of golf. You know what I mean? Right. Like, very kind of Harvey Pennick stuff, maybe, or he'd be like, chuck balls in the trees and just be like, just make a shot. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. and just very much learnt that way. You know, learnt how to play golf first. Um, he would be very much an advocate of that, you know, if we'll go out and play with a few clubs or hit big fades, big draws, all this sort of stuff. So, um, were, you, were you technically minded at all at that Not then, not really no, minded. not then. I know that I wanted to, no, not then, not around that age. No, I wasn't. I was just, I was just a golfer, you know what I mean? I was just, worked very hard, uh, all hours, um, you know, going back to my, into my late teens, I mean, really up like four in the morning uh when that wasn't just a thing if you know what I mean I, and I was very much a case of I don't know I just as soon as it was light I'd get up there and it, I would just I, I found it so satisfying to be doing something when other people weren't and I was very much a big believer in that and so because I believed in it and I was doing it I was just so confident because I was working so hard and yeah. I, I knew that working hard would get me results so I was just like this self-fulfilling yeah thing going on so um yeah, so and that's your—I guess—that's your nature then to, to work hard. I yeah, think. it is. Yeah, um, certainly different now, sitting here at thirty-four. Right. Um, you know, life just seems to kind of—I don't know—just there was obviously a point where working hard wasn't doing it anymore, and so I was just working hard and hard and hard, and wasn't playing any good, and just being like, 
Miserable. Yeah, this is really miserable. So probably philosophy's changed a little bit uh, since then. Maybe a bit smarter now. Um, probably less is more sometimes for me, really, if I'm if I'm being honest. But uh, certainly during those late teens, early twenties, it was a work ethic thing. Is the reason why I, um, you know, had some decent results around that time. Yeah, I put it solely down to that. Really, I'd say there's obviously talent in there, but I just just worked worked really hard. And one thing that people will probably know about you is that you were part of the Faldo series. You yeah. Faldo classes yeah. Yeah. Protégé, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, when I was saying that as well, I mean, about Phil, I mean, I had loads of good people, the English Golf Union, Faldo, um, loads of good little things going on, you know, like you go to America to be with Nick for a week and then you go to England train to be around good golfers and it's like, it's, it's stuff you just don't experience anymore. And... It's such an environment to just go and be competitive. Chipping comps, yeah. like we can even go to dinner. Do you know what I mean? We just yeah. having chipping comps. You know, just it's <laughs> yeah. it's just good fun stuff. Um, so p- people who, who who might look at this headline, the Faldo series, yeah. you know, tell us what actually did Nick do? Listen, that guy. I mean, from I want to say the late nineties, probably say set up in ninety eight, ninety nine. So whatever it is now, nearly twenty years going, and now it's all around the world now. I mean, he has helped out a lot of golfers. I mean, a lot of golfers. I'm not sure if he really gets the recognition that he deserves. So hopefully he does. Uh, but um, it just, um, we would have, so he would set up like a team. He had a coach we could go to. We'd get a psychologist. We could go to a fitness person. And we'd get together maybe three or four times a year, one time in America, uh, maybe two or three times here. Certainly when I turned pro, I could, you know, speak to him whenever I want, you know, pick his brain. Play practice round together. His his career was kind of his golf career was, you know, it was he wasn't really playing a huge amount when I turned pro, um, but I'm pretty sure that he well I don't know I'm pretty sure he said he'd play the Irish Open just so he could get me an invite I think and then he pulled out but I don't know if he did that on purpose or that coincidental. Obviously at the time I'm like you're okay and then looking back and look, did he do that yeah, just for me and then think oh but um, um, if, so if I said to you um, Tell me one thing that you, you got from being close to Faldo. What I would say you? probably for, it would be like a, a golf. It would be a golf thing, of course. Of course, it'd be a golf thing. But, um, <laughs> just the ability to work it both ways, you know. Like just that's what I would say I got from Nick, uh, along with some preparation. Because he was obviously always meticulous in preparation. Uh, just some little things like you know, eating fish the night before early tea time, not steak because of the digestive. Yeah, it's just stuff like that just sticks in your brain. But he was always his reputation, in my in my opinion, you may disagree, was always meticulous oh, yeah, and attention sure, to yeah. detail. And just just even if you got five percent of that, you know, it helps. You know, um, so yeah, from a from a ball control point of view, I'd just say the ability to fade and draw it, and just from a like a preparation point of view, just various. I remember, you know, Burke Hampstead Trophy. We were playing at the Statesix Hole tournament and I went up there on Friday morning, early doors, and I made myself a course planner. And this is all because of, that was off the back of Nick's, well, I think I came second in that tournament, but it was just an example of probably something I wouldn't have done had I not been around Nick, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just little things like that, always making sure you've got enough food in the bag and eating well and all this sort of stuff. Just 
stuff which just comes naturally to me, but it comes naturally to me now because I learned that from him. Yeah. So uh, and his team that he created. So um, yeah, I owe a huge amount to him, as a, as as do a lot of uh, golfers. You know, Nick Doherty, uh, Mark Warren, Dane uh, Scotland, good friend of mine, came up yeah. through that. So yeah. Um, and then, as an amateur, yeah, um, big success. You know, uh, what was it uh, English amateur champs, Living Trophy? Yeah, yeah, Greek um, amateur champion. Right, yes. <laughs> there you go. That's my big one. T- tell us about uh, that period. Yeah, that was as I was saying to you earlier. That was the period where I was just like, God, and just even talking about it now, it just takes back to such a nice time of playing golf. Yeah, where you're yeah, just yeah. playing golf just purely for the like the competition and just because you love it and. It's just, you know, you're 19, 20 years old and you just, you know you're good and you just, you got all the time in the world to work at it and work really hard at it. And in that particular year, I had a bit of a funny one because I went to college in Augusta State right. uh, in 2003 and came back for various reasons. Came back because I wanted to turn pro at some point and may have had a girlfriend back here as well and you know I was just a little homesick so I came back and had a bit of a funny winter just because I don't know that I left in December and that winter was just hadn't had particularly great results and then I just uh May time at Lytham I just read a Bob Rotella book on my way up there and I was just like okay yeah I'll just do that I'll go through my routine until the holes come out you know it was as simple as that and I was just like 18 under I think for four rounds one by a, quite a few, yeah, uh, and that was obviously just a massive confidence boost. Um, yeah. And I just then had a few other. I remember this is a funny one. Brabazon Trophy. This is my confidence. This is how confident I was. I was so annoyed that I couldn't play the last two because it, they had like a ten shot rule. I think so. I might have been on two under par, but the leader was on thirteen or right. something. And I'm thinking, over two rounds to go, I can catch that up easy. And um, I remember being so annoyed that that was the cut and actually spoke to a reporter uh, like, I've got to do something about this cut. I can win this tournament. You know, just that, just the confidence I had. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I just was angry that I couldn't play. Um, and so that summer was just a good summer. Yeah, played, won the English Amateur, uh, won the Livam, a um, couple of nice little results in there as well. So, yeah, it was just a nice time to be playing golf, you know, um, fit, strong. Playing good, working hard. Yeah, about to turn pro at some point. Yeah. Uh, did, did did it create pressure when you did turn pro? That that success that because um, it does come with a certain amount of no, no, no it, surprise. It, when you it turn didn't. Pro, it no. didn't. No, and that was just something. That was just testament to where I was at, and it was just like it was just it was just business as usual. You know, I had my brother on the bag um, through my amateur days, and he came out with me, and we went to our first tournament in Mexico. Got an invite through. A uh, uh, chap called Rocky Hambrick, who's a management company I signed, and came yes. third. Right. And um, I was like, oh, see, you know, this is just what you do. Yeah. This was just at a time where I was trying to win every single tournament I went into. Yeah. And that was just my, that was just it. And so came third, and that was good, but I think I remember being probably maybe a little disappointed that I didn't win because I just, I'd been winning so much. So, um, so no, I didn't really feel that pressure. Yeah. No. Um, you know, you're just you're 20 years old. You haven't, you just don't. You're not. I wasn't mature enough to think like that then. All I was just trying to do was play good. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, turn pro and then, yeah, just cracked on for that year. Um, 
just missed out on my card, I think. And it was, it was a good start to your pro career, wasn't it? It was a, yeah. it was a sort of, so you uh, won in 06? Uh, I won in... The Echo. Right? Yeah, won the Echo Tour Championship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, in 06. Yeah. So I turned pro in end of 04. So I started my season in, let's say, 05. So I got my first win in 06, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I've been... It was, it was probably a good learning curve that I didn't get my card the first year. Um, although that being said, I I didn't. I, I nearly won in Saint Omer in two, in two thousand and five, and I still maybe a bit bitter about that. Then really, do you look back on it and think I don't obviously think not because I don't have any regrets whatsoever because it's so silly to have that. But you know, it was just such an easy win. I was like leading, and I just made a double, and it was like oh, I just think things would have just been so much different had yeah. that just not been the case. But just me trying to play a silly shot into, you know, now it's just like a bog stamp, trying to play like a, like a punch four iron, like into a back flag. And it's like, now it's just a stock six, just middle of the green, because I know that now, but back then I was just trying to get it close, even with a three shot lead. It's like, but then I was obviously playing good with that attitude. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was so raw. I this was is, this is the to... thing that amazes me about professional golfers, what you're saying here, the fact yeah. that I think it's the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily think about. You will, there will be a shot from the past that yeah. will still bug you. Yeah, it does. It, it, it does, and it's like, yeah, it does. And I was trying to hit this like, bullet off the tee as well, and it just puffed up, and it's like, you don't need to, you don't need to hit that shot. It wasn't in the wind, it was just, but um, anyway, so I did that, and I, and I made bogey at the last to miss the playoff, and it was just, just strange it was like the first time for a, a long time that my confidence just took a bit of a hit because things had just been going so well and I whenever I got in contention I just I normally won or or someone beat me whereas I lost that right and I just from that point I don't know I just took a bit of a just the confidence just took a bit of a knock um, I wouldn't feel so confident and then I think Peter McAvoy also came out with a book uh, that year and I think he said some rubbish about me um, you know, something about me turning pro and shouldn't have done it, something like that. And because I was, well, he wanted you to hang on for he wanted Cup. me to hang on for Walker Cup, yeah. And you know, I think it was just wasn't feeling as confident. And then I read that, and I was just suddenly, I don't know, my just my confidence just started taking just a bit of a knock, and it was like possibly the first signs of just unraveling sounds terrible, but like I don't like know, just, I just a, kind a of, little bit of doubt, I guess. Yeah, a little bit of doubt. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I mean, listen, everyone. In all walks of life, that's just what happens, right? They just breeze through their teenage years and their early twenties, just confident as anything, and then you know life just kind of gets you. So yeah. um, that was that Saint Omer in two thousand and five. That was the first kind of yeah that just started a little bit of a period of golf where I don't know I wasn't necessarily playing so good. So. And then you won in 06. So I won in 06, So I kind of got yeah, a tour in got an tour in 07. What yeah, was that first right. year on tour like? First year on tour was was fine, you know. Like as in, I think I was I had about one hundred and fifty grand up by I want to say May, so I was doing fine. Right, yeah. And then I I remember it so vividly that I just made a decision that I wanted to get my short game technically better, and it was like May or June. Uh, I think I saw Brett Runford on the chip and green. I was like, I want to be as good as that. That's what I'm going to do. Right. And in the past, anytime I set my mind to it, I'll just do it. And so that just started like a period of golf that just was just poor. You know, I was on the tour, I was I was working on my game but not competing because I just hadn't I wanted to get better, I wanted to get better, I wanted to get better. 
It's like I took my eye off actually competing. Right. For the first time, it felt like, you know, I said to you, we were talking earlier about I wasn't really technically minded back when yeah, I was 16 yeah, or 17. Yeah. I, as, as I think a lot of people do make this call, I won't say mistake, make this career um, choice, maybe it's the word, where they're like, oh, I need to make XYZ technically better. And so I went on this path to try and make my short game better. And I just did it myself. Uh, with a video camera and I didn't do it very well. I just, and I worked so hard on my technical for like for months that suddenly it got to the stage where I was like, how do I hit this shot? Right. You know, I just like lost my confidence and my feel. Right. I've just been working on my technique so much. So um, that was a mistake, you know. I know I said it was a mistake, but that was a mistake, you know. In hindsight, obviously, I would have just picked my times to work on it, I would have got my card sorted. Do you, looking back, do you feel like you needed to be technically stronger in the short game? Um, or do you think you could have said to yourself, just no. go on doing what you're doing? It's tricky with a short game because, yes, if you've got good technique, then you will, that's good. But some people don't and they're still unreal. So, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, but, but when you don't think you're unreal anymore, that's when you need to work on your technique because you don't have that confidence. And just uh, oh, that's my shot. See, so you hit it. Does that make any sense yeah. to you? Yeah. Would, would so, would it unnerve you watching players who are someone like Brett Rumford, who's renowned as being yeah. seriously good? Does that unnerve you as a professional? You think uh, oh, I'm, I'm not as good as him. I think it. It does. It used to. It doesn't now. Right. But it definitely used to for a long period. I would. I would go to tournaments and I would. I would see other people's short games, let's say, or uh, putting strokes, let's say, and just be. As good as that, and it would unnerve me. Yeah, it would, and I don't really know what sort of period that would be from. Right. You know, maybe from like a 2010 to like a 2013 type thing, where I just was maybe 2009 to 2012, something. Just where I just wasn't confident in myself. To I would always be looking at ways to get better, and but you know, now I realise you can get better, but I'm okay as well. Right. Yeah. Whereas that period, I was like, I'm no good. I need to do this. So there's a there's a stark contrast between the two. Yeah. You know, um, getting better is exciting, but you you still I'm good. At, I'm pretty good as well. Does that make yeah, any yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah. And so that period where you're where you're struggling, I mean, give us a bit of an in, a window into what it's like. You know, no, it's funny. It must be really tough. It is but. actually because I don't think about it anymore. So it's actually right. quite challenging to actually think about what I was like back then. But I would. I know there was a period, let's say in the late 2000s as well, where I'd, it would just be all technical practice, kind of by myself, or maybe like a magazine article or YouTube video I, I watched. And I'd try and figure out, and it'd be like, I'll start playing good golf when I've got that sorted out. And it's like, looking back, you're like, how could I honestly think that, that that was going to be the difference? Yeah. Um, but there was some, yeah, really... Like crap times, just like going to tournaments, just no confidence, just not wanting to be there, and then, and then you're just like you're just hating it, really, yeah, yeah. Really, really hating it. Um, I'm trying to think what sort of years this would have been. I mean, I've had a couple of decent sized breaks, like two six month breaks before, okay, where I've just worked because I've just like Do you know what? I've had enough, I've had enough of this, yeah. Um, then that, that must golf must feel. Yeah, almost it's just worse so, than a, a day to, not almost worse than a kind of nine to five oh, job because it's bugging you. Trust, the time. trust me, the thought of having like a, a nine to five job 
when you're in there is like the dream. It is honestly just yeah. like, because you're like packing up your bags, going half, halfway across the world, knowing that you're not going to play very well. Like this is just, that's just fact. Like that's just, not me being negative. That was just like the place I was in. Yeah. And it was just like, and so I just had no, just no drive. Like I lost my, you know, like the one I was telling you about working hard. And I just worked so hard that just like, no, white flag. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, not working. no, it's not, not working. for me. I'm just going to actually back off here. And so I did. And so I'm probably a better person for it, just because I'm a bit more easier on my, a bit easier on myself. Like, so I prefer the body I'm in now, if that makes any sense. Just yeah, Because yeah, you're yeah. like, you're only human, mate. Don't be so hard on yourself. So, um, But that period of golf was, yeah, it was just... Yeah, not really wanting to go away, not yeah. playing, but you've got the, you're not quite old enough. I would have been, say, mid 20s, and so not quite old enough to really, I don't know, trap a pound or do something about it, like not play, or, or like you'd, you'd still go to tournaments because your parents thought you should, or because these people close to you thought you should, rather than actually saying, whereas now I'll be like, yeah, this is, this is waste of time here. Waste of time, waste of money. Let me get my head right. So, even though Twin Downs, Joe Bird, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll ignore that. We'll ignore, we'll ignore that. that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it was a bad period of golf, but um, but better from it. In some yeah. Sort so, of so holistic way. I don't know. So tell me, how did, how during that period, how do you go about rebuilding? How did you get get start to? Um, get I had. I, th- I guess I I um, in two thousand and twelve, I took six months off and just worked for my brother in various roles I've had for him over the, oh, my dad and my brother, it's their company, uh, over the years. And I was, I think I just was contract manager at this point, and April came round and I was like, you know, got the bug, because when you're in the UK, like January, February, yeah. like, you're like, yeah, I'd rather go and work. I don't want to go out to, I'm not going to go out, and I'm not 16 anymore, like, where well, you would go and play 36 holes on a day like today when it's frosty. But I I liked and I enjoyed the nine to five and I enjoyed the communication between the office and I really enjoyed working because I almost got back to you put in the hard work and you got a bit more result. Yeah. You know, whereas golf was like putting this hard work and getting nothing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I took six months off and um had a good chat with a chap called Andy Morrison. Um and just changed my beliefs a little bit, you know, like I had these negative thoughts. And I think, you know, we were saying at the start, I had these negative thoughts, and I'd be like, these negative thoughts, you know, it's just me. And then I realised it's not just me. No, everybody has them, it's just life, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a result. You know, I was just like, it's literally like, oh. and so from there, um, I had a really good lesson as well with a chap called Hugh Marth. Um, yes. He's a good friend of mine. And I'd always struggle, like, here's, here's, here's a little in. Uh, um, here's a little insight to my psyche I'll be like on the golf course and I'll be like right so that club face needs to aim there and that's there and then he just swing out to theirs and that's, that creates a draw and that creates a fade and I'll be like but how do you do that and Hugh just said well how do you do it aim me a draw give me a fade I was like that, that's how you do it and I, it just I was like yeah that's how I do it rather than trying to be someone else, right. or does that make any yeah, sense? Do it, so how they, do it the coaching manual sort of Yeah, thing. exactly. So, yeah. well, how do you hit a draw? And I was like, well, that's how I do it. Just put it back a little bit, open the face, and that's that. I was like, perfect. Do it again. Yeah, you've done it. That's your way of doing it. Now just get really good at that. Right, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is golf. This is how I grew up playing. 
So, so you're so you, are you becoming sort of less trying to become less technically minded at this point? It's more trying to own your game, let's say. Whereas I was trying to spend a good few years trying to be like someone else. Right. I was like, why don't we make James Heath as good as we can make him? Right. Got it. So, um, it just started up a whole new chapter of my golf where I would be a bit more about performance goal, performance practice, you know, rather than technical practice. I would say earlier. And it will be a case of how I do things, you know, what's my strengths. So when we go and map a golf course out, you know, he's bombing it down there uh, 30 yards short of the green, but I'm like 30 yards, the danger zone, as I think. Um, no, the, not the danger zone. What do you boys call it? The kill it? zone. The kill zone, yeah, <laughs> the kill zone. Um, not going to chuck me in the kill zone when I'm, I'm, I'm fragile anyway, like, and I haven't quite got that shot down, so I'm laying back to 80, and I'm like, okay, my scores are improving. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like How just, hard is it to do that when you're playing with guys who are bombing you uh, down into the kill zone? Does, um, that, does that take a bit of... No, no, no not an issue whatsoever because yeah. I'm just like... Back in 2010 or whenever, when I was... Now I'm just like, let's get the best score possible. How's my game? Right, okay. Kill zone, yes. Okay, well, let's go. Kill zone, no. Late up to 85. So, you know what I mean? So it's just about knowing your game. There is a caveat to that, though, because... If you want to get better in the kill zone, as we call it, um, you need to put yourself in there. Yeah. And so I, I think if hand on heart, I've probably avoided certain things and right. certain shots for a, for a while. And I know that in order to secure my tour card or in order to get in the world's top 50, which are things I want to do, I'm going to have to address these things, which I've been doing. But so there is a certain, there's like a balance. There's of, a balance there. Right. There's definitely a balance yeah, there. Yeah, between... Sure. Um, having a positive game plan and a positive confidence or avoiding goals. Precisely. Or, yeah, you put that perfectly. Yeah. Um, and so, so you made it back on tour uh, in 2014. Tour. Yeah, made yeah. it back on tour in 2014, which was really good. Did for you ever sort of take a moment to think, oh, I'm, you know, from where you were, those those two, those that break that you took? Did yeah. you ever think to yourself, God, that was a good effort to get back from that moment where you're happy to do a job? If I'm honest, I'm never really um, no, because all you're thinking about is. If I'm honest, you're just thinking about going back to those days. You know what I mean? That's that does come across my mind quite a lot. So, but then I know that's just my, you know, human nature is just that, called, uh, that, that, that's just moments, those yeah. negative moments. Yeah. That's just life. So, um, you know, I never really took a moment to appreciate it. If I'm honest, I was just like, right, better play some golf now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so 2014 got my car back and. Again, you know, on tour, back off tour, so uh, finished 150, I think. But it was, there were some good positive things in there. Made a lot, had a ropey start, and I think I made 12 of the last 13 cuts or something. I wasn't playing great, but I was, was doing okay. And that, in some way, gave me some confidence. I didn't want the season to end. Right, yeah. Um, but it did, and there I was, kind of without a card. And when you live in the UK, you're just like, you've got five months of, Rubbish weather right. and rubbish golf courses, you know. So um, that was that's quite hard, you know, being from the UK, as I'm sure. Um, I don't know. Let's say if you're in Northern Europe, let's say you've got that problem. If you're in the States, you, well, I suppose you're in Northern Northern America, you've got that problem. But um, yeah, so you you kind of lose your card, and then you've got no. You just yeah. find yourself in November, and you're like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. Now? Uh, so I went back to work um, during that winter. Just right. Okay. Did a bit, you know, just you're just doing whatever is available, you know. And um, I enjoy. It. And every time I've worked, probably worked about eight of the last ten winters, let's say. Right. I really enjoy it. Right. Okay. Like really, 
because I think probably because I know it's only going to be four months, whether it be like, you know, I think I was on cash collecting the last time I was in the office. Um, you know, just developing new skills, all that sort of stuff, communication. So I've got no objection to it. I'd rather be doing that than, than not. Yeah. That makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, There's yeah. no golf to play. I want to be working. So. Um, that leads us to, uh, I think I've, then I spent a couple of years on the Challenge Tour. Yeah. Again. Uh, finished 46th, 17th, and then 37th this year. So it's been kind of just been with a win in there, though. Yeah, yeah, um, I did have a win last year, which about, was good. That, so, you know. um, yeah, that was good. That was that was nice. Obviously, ten years in between. So, it, yeah, it does. How hard was it to win um, that, that one? I think it was hard. Um, it was hard. I'm trying to actually. It was hard. Spay Valley, Scotland. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of the. No, I'm just trying to think of like why I cracked on rather than sometimes I back off. If that makes any sense. Right. Why necessary? I was like having been in contention many a times and possibly backed off. Not. I just hadn't necessarily played well at that time. Why that was different that time? Probably. I don't know. Just. Just had a kid, and you know, uh, my mum had passed away six months previously, right. and I think I was just a bit more like, I, you know, I was almost surrendering myself to the moment. If that makes, I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to play here. Right. I'm not going to think too much about it. I'm just going to play, and you know, thinking of Bud and thinking of mum just during that last few holes was yeah. able me just to kind of play golf um, and. Um, you know, not get caught too much up in the moment, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think that was probably the difference, just having a bit more perspective yeah. when the pressure's really on. Um, and, and what's it like having having achieved that, having won? Uh, it's a big tournament, that one. As yeah, well, it's a big it? tournament, yeah. Challenge tour. Yeah, so it's a big tournament, yeah. Well, how does that sort of change your, does that change your mindset um, then for the rest of the... Yeah, it it definitely does, because I went to open qualifying the next day yes. and um, did that. Uh, got through, played well in Slovakia, and then turned up at the Open where I saw you. Yeah. And it was, the Open was a funny one. It was like a big learning experience. Just. Was that, that was your first one? That was my it? first oh, yeah. one. And do you know what? I came away from there actually. Just, Troon. Yeah, I came away from Troon and just being, I seen was quite, uh, my confidence took a bit of a hit actually. Um, just because I went into that, actually, I was so confident. I was like, I could win this. I was just like, anything is possible. And then just got brought back down to earth. Just didn't sleep on that Wednesday night. Right. So strange. Just like, couldn't actually sleep. I was like, um, it's just ridiculous that your mind can do that to you. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You're like, chill out, Jake. Oh. But um, little learning experience up there, you know. I just, I remember, I want, I just, kind of got dragged around a little bit and I remember like being at this party or whatever on the Wednesday night and it was like all I want to be doing here is just having a nice healthy meal and going to bed early Yeah, and it was just little things like that which just made it yeah. a bit of a yeah, but it's difficult isn't it because you want to sort of embrace the moment of being yeah. open and kind of everything is I think so... you've got to go in with two different you've got to decide what attitude you're going to go into Right. and you're going to say do you know, am I going to go in I'm going to enjoy this I'm going to take it in I'm going to do as much as possible or are you going to go in and are you going to you're going to do what Focus you need to do. And I think that's a yeah. decision you actually need to make beforehand and 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 how you then, whether or not you get a house, which which you've got your your wife in, your 
coach your brother, your dad in, and you do that, or you say, do you know what, I'm doing a hotel room like I normally do, and I'm going to be focused, and blah, blah, blah. I think that's a decision you need to make before, for, yeah. just for, you know, your first major or something like that, so, you know, hopefully play the opener game this year, or the US Open, and, you know, I'll, I'll certainly be going in with a bit more of a, a smaller team, let's say, and just be like, let's just, me and my caddy, let's just go about our business. And right, let's... so you were sort of caught between two. Yeah, I think I was, yeah, yeah in hindsight. Um, but so easily done. Yeah. Uh, it's so easily done, you just got, you realise just how many kind of friends you've got. And you're like, oh, see how they're together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was so, you know, real taken back with the support I got. You know. um, but I didn't play that great. Yeah. I played okay. I actually hit the ball really well. Um, hit loads of greens, but just uh, I think the road. No, not the road. Oh, the postage Post stamp. Yeah, triple bogey on that first okay. day, and I was like, I was so nervous on that first tee. <laughs> I haven't piped a shot in in years, and so you've obviously played or you've been up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beach on the right. Yeah. My, I was walking to the range. I was walking. <laughs> literally, my last shot. I piped. From there, I was like. And I've got my coach and my brother there, and they're like, uh, it's just another one. I cannot believe I went to the first tee, just think about this pipe I've just yeah. hit, and there's out of bounds, right, but I mean, that first tee is some, it is for, it's something about the open, it's like real, such a grand, such a huge occasion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You must have been to a few yeah. opens now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. my first one I've ever actually been to, yeah. so let alone played, just really? such an occasion. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't shank it. I hit, <laughs> I hit the ball. I actually hit the ball really, really well, okay. but pine dried up a little bit. But um, yeah, put, chalk that down to a learning experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what's your outlook like now? I know that I mean, you've already alluded to the fact that you've changed quite a bit. You're yeah. sort of a bit more accepting of what's going. Where do you want to be? What do you want to? to yeah, achieve? it's a good question. It's like it's a really good question. Um, you came round, I was just at my notebook out here and I was like, right, you know, what do we need to do? And I know I've identified there are certain areas, short game, which we've said before, putting, and you know, whether or not I need to actually invest in some time to work on, say, my, my mental game and my attitude. Those are the sort of the three things which I outlined. Tee to green wise, I'm always going to be pretty good. I know that I can get better, but I feel like in order for me to, let's say, let's say my next step would be to secure my card. I've had my card, uh, uh, my European tour card three times. Uh, this being the third, sorry, but I haven't secured my card. Secure my card. That would be a that would be a good year. Um, right. How do you go about doing that? I need to be a best putter. Um, if I could just be ten percent better around the greens, get my scrambling up to sixty percent rather than fifty percent, that's an improvement. And I think just generally having like you know like say for instance when said so you went down Joe Berg went through the motions. Yeah. Just not doing that. Don't do that. Just yeah. be like. I think, yeah, so I just need to do a little bit of thinking about how I'm going to approach that and just having a bit more of a, a focused attitude and really getting 100% out of each round. So yeah. like, whenever I have my brother on the bag, I get 100% out of each round. I might not be playing good, yeah. but I'll get 100% out of the round. Okay, why is so, that? I don't know, I think it's just, whether it's him or the fact he's just a good solid caddy as well, or whether it is him, but just... Together, we just wouldn't hit a shot unless we are 100%. Whereas right. on the challenge tour, 80% of the time, I'm out there by myself. And so quite easily, quite a lot of the time, you could just, um, you know, knock your fourth hole, second round, you're doing okay, like a couple of ending, you're just like, I don't know, yeah, it's an eight iron, 
haven't really judged the wind properly. And right. It comes up short and bogey. And then, as we talked about just before the interview, just like how that can have a knock-on effect for the rest of the week. It's like, well, okay, if you've got a caddy there and you're focused, it's like, right, well, it's not an eight-time, is it? Wind's puffing a bit, front flag, probably seven, 25 feet long. You know, uh, you hold 20% of those or two part. And so, so it's just making good decisions. Um, so out of those three things, I guess the mental thing might just be the fact to employ, you know, a full-time caddy. Yeah. Um, and just throughout all 18 events, got the same guy there. And that, I think, will have a, a positive effect. So, um, you can't convince White to leave the bait Well, he, he's, he, he, I think... I think he would want to, but yeah, the business isn't going to run itself. No. So, and with three kids at home, I'm not sure that's. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Marthus is right. I think she would. She wouldn't mind it. I think she would. She would be happy. The fact that Mike would be happy doing it because I really feel like we we have a great time out there. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, you know, he works so hard that. Yeah, we'll be away for twenty weeks, but he'll be home for the others. So I yeah. don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know, over maybe our second or third pint when we get together once every three weeks. <laughs> um, you know, you might say, God, let's just do it, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to look for a caddy over the next six or seven weeks, just uh, someone who I can go through next year with. And just and so, what, so, what would be, I'm interested in the role of the caddy. Yeah. What, what would be the, the sort of thing you'd be looking for? Above really good else? question. Really good question. I think, do you know what? If you can get a guy that knows a little bit about, the technical guy. Say he was a pro. Say he was a pro and he wants to do something like that. That's that's really good. If you could have someone who's kind of half decent, can just make sure you're aiming right, and you know, say, what do you think about that at the top, or something like that. You're almost getting two in one there in terms of you got your coach away with you and the caddy. And um, I like a guy who's say, for instance, performance practice. I was saying to yeah. you earlier. So you say, Jay, um, this is what we're doing today. But you know. You, you were 70% in green, uh, greens, not good enough. We're going to work on this. Par threes this week, they're all between 180 and 200. That's what we're working on today. Just someone who's going to have a little bit of outside-the-box thinking, just being like, right, what do we need this week? What shots do we need? Yeah. Right, we're going to practice these. So let's go. We're going to, going to hit five five irons out there. How many do you get in out of five? Not good enough. Let's do it again. Yeah. You know, someone who's just going to bring that element to it. So you're kind of asking for a coach and a caddy in one, really. But I don't know. There's someone, I'm pretty sure there's some guys out there. And I've seen a few caddies out there that have that sort of initiative. And I, I think I'd really get a lot out of that. So I think it would be a lot on the, like the bit of preparation, maybe just being able to do some practice with me, some kind of constructive practice. And apart from that, that you know, everything else is just a bonus, really. Yeah. So. yeah. As long as they turn up on and time. Good bloke to travel with as well. Precisely. You yeah, you're going to be away with them for yeah 20 weeks a year. So just like a good, yeah, good solid guy, you know. So uh, those are the sort of things I'm looking for in a caddy, yeah. So I'll finish up by saying, if we were sat here sort of five years' time, yeah, what would you like to have? Yeah, what, what oh, was, you're I mean, coming out with some real... Yeah, this <laughs> is some deep, like yeah. That, I, do you know like what? I don't, but I think one of the... I sometimes do and I sometimes don't. I'm not really... I always think trying to do the best you can each day, but that might be wishy-washy. You know what I mean? That's these these are the sort of things. You know, so we're talking about mental. Yeah, those sort of things I want to improve. Um, it's just being a bit more focused on stuff. Whereas maybe in my early twenties, I was definitely a bit more focused. But I don't know. I don't know if like just having. 
I don't know. I don't know if I've got a bit softer as I've got a bit older, but I might be a bit happier. So yeah. I don't know if softer's good, but um, anyways, your question. Five <laughs> years time. I guess. Look, if I could um, win a European Tour event, get to the top fifty in the world, and I would do those things. But let's just say, if I can secure my card this year, then I'd be I'll be on my way to those two things. Yeah. So, and I think they are three realistic things that I could achieve um, within that time period. You know, I know I'm good enough. It's just about getting the right team around me and doing the right work and playing well at the right time. So, yeah, those are three things that I would like to yeah. achieve before I go on to my next career, uh, which is, I don't know what it would be, but, um, yeah, you know, family now. So certainly don't want to be away playing golf like this for a long, long time. Yeah, you know what I mean, it'd be nice to get those three things out of the way and then be like, be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, okay, right. So we're going to finish up with, I've got some quick fire questions okay. for you okay. about yeah. your career. Yeah. Just a few. How well do you know your own career? Oh, right. uh, so what was your first European tour event? Um, the Irish Open in 2004. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, what did you shoot? I, I missed the cut by one after two rounds. I must have shot... Must have shot like something around level one over two over first round. 72, 73, 72. What, what, what's the path? I don't know. I think it's past 72. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I shot one over level. Right. Yeah. And I missed the cut by one. Yeah. Did that give you confidence or? That was during my stage where I know nothing but confidence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was in my, that was like, yeah, I knew nothing but confidence stage. Where was that? Bowtray. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good track. Yeah. Really good track. Um, your first check as a professional, where was it and how much was it for? First check as a professional would be Mexico. Correct. Uh, and I want to say it was about 13 something. 13, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. 13, 7, 8, 4. 13, 7, 8, 4. I wouldn't have got the 7, 8, 4, but I thought it was about 13 something. Yeah. Good memory. I guess yeah. moments like that don't. Yeah, exactly. That was, yeah. It's funny, money. It's so weird. Money wasn't even a. I didn't that was now I'm obviously like cause just got family you know, yeah, you, of course, you're yeah. just like right okay what does that mean and thing you're like yeah back then it was just it was this figment you know I was like 19 or 20 and my parents looked after my money do you know what I mean it was yeah. like oh well, I guess I want some money I just go into this account over here I don't know, <laughs> I didn't know anything about it <laughs> yeah um, how many times have you been to Q school I don't want to. I don't want you to tell me the answer to that uh, I must have been about so you just let that question eight go? or nine I guess yeah Nine. Nine times. Nine times 1,600 quid. Quite a lot. That's a decent. This is a decent amount of money just on entry fees. <laughs> right, okay. But two out of nine isn't too bad. No. Yeah. And how many European tour events have you played in total? I wouldn't. I would say probably, I guess, something like, I don't know, maybe like 55? 91. 91? Yeah. Okay. All right, okay, yeah. And which would, be, which would have been the best one? If you look back over the best, best, my best ever European tour event in terms of, it's hard not to say the Open. Yeah. But let's take that out of it. European, uh, European tour event, something like a, uh, Irish Open actually been 2007. I think I finished maybe like, it's that course with the, where Richard Finch it went into the, the water. The water, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it? 
K-Club, is it? No, no, it wasn't the K-Club. That was probably oh, just because it? it was the Irish Open. There's always great crowds. And I think I finished maybe like 18th or something yeah. like that. And it was just a it was just a good, solid week. And we had a, I think it might have been one of my highest checks, I think. Um, so, yeah, any Irish Open is always really good. Yeah. So, just because there's so many people there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James, thank you for My so pleasure, yes. Yeah. I hope that was some half-decent content. Got in some real deep stuff there. <laughs> to a, my 2010 to 2013. Well, you have to have a drink when you <laughs> <laughs> Well, enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us and um, all the best. Yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks, mate. Thank you. Okay, so that was James Heath. Uh, just a quick correction on something we discussed right at the end there in the podcast. Richard Finch fell in the water at the, uh, in the 2008 Irish Open at Adair. So there we have it. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the K Club. Um, so thank you for downloading this episode of the podcast. If you liked it, please do leave us a review, leave us a rating. Um, and next week, we have Alfie Plant for you. So Alfie was the silver medalist at the Open in 2017, um, a sort of top-ranked amateur um, managed to qualify for the Open and then played really well during that week at Birkdale and was the only amateur to make the cut, actually. So had a fantastic week uh, you might well remember him as being the guy that sort of smiled his way through um, what looked like pretty brutal conditions at Birkdale he did really well we talk all about that experience we talk all about his uh, journey towards trying to become a European tour golfer now that he's turned professional and what lies ahead for Alfie uh, he's a really nice guy we caught up again at the end of 2017 at his home club uh, Sundridge Park in Bromley in Kent and um he, yeah, he gives a really interesting interview, so listen out for that next week. But until then, it's goodbye.